Welcome to the Travel Pulse Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Bowman, the executive editor of TravelPulse.com. Today is Tuesday, February 8th. Happy Travel Tuesday, everyone out there. I sure hope your February is off to a great start and you have some travel plans coming up. Anyone headed out for a spring break next month or in April? Uh, let me, drop me a line. Let me know where you're headed. I look forward to hearing about your travel plans. For my travel advisor listeners out there, there are some upcoming events that you should know about and you're going to want to attend. First, the Playa Resorts webinar is tomorrow, Wednesday, February 9th at 2 p.m. Eastern, and the Villas of Distinction webinar is Thursday, February 10th at 2 p.m. Eastern. You can register at travelpulse.com backslash webinars and attend for a chance to win prizes like a free stay. Who doesn't love free, am I right? If you're listening after these dates, though, you can still catch those webinars on demand over at travelpulse.com backslash webinars. And coming up next week is the Destination Weddings and Honeymoons Expo on February 16th and February 17th from 2 to 5 p.m. Eastern Time. You can register at virtualtravelevents.com and attend for a chance to win prizes like free resort stays all around the Caribbean. So, again, who doesn't love free prizes, am I right? I know today's guest certainly does. Let's welcome him to the show. Now joining me on the show today is Ryan Donchez, Group Manager for VIP Vacations. Welcome back to the show, Ryan. How are you doing on this fine Travel Tuesday? Fantastic, and thanks for having me again. It's always a pleasure. Yeah, man, you bring great stuff. So uh, we're going to roll right into this. Uh, Ryan and I are going to discuss a little bit later in the show the current cost of travel and the rising costs and all that stuff and and how things might shape up throughout the rest of 2022. Uh, But first, as we do for every show, in case this is your first time listening, let's dive into what's been trending in the world of travel in the last week. And we begin with an industry push for change. It uh, began last week, and I mentioned this on last week's show briefly. Um, It started with the American Society of Travel Advisors, a.k.a. ASTA. They sent a letter to the White House asking that vaccinated U.S. citizens returning from the U.S. uh, from from international trips uh, be exempt from the required COVID-19 pre-flight testing. Excuse me. That was followed by, a couple days later, the U.S. Travel Association, Airlines for America, the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, International Air Transport Association, Aerospace Industries Association, and several other groups all penned a letter to the White House requesting the same thing. So, Ryan, what are your thoughts on all this in this push for change? Uh, How has this rule been impacting your clients and the pre-testing and having to get a test before you come back? And uh, do you think it will actually happen anytime soon? Because it's eventually going to happen. You know, we're we're staying positive here. It's going to go away eventually. But when is the big question, you know? That's a great question. Um, First and foremost, to any travel advisors that are listening, if you are not a member of ASA, I think it's about time that you looked into that membership. Um, They run great events and they, over the last couple of years, have been making huge pushes for travel advisors, for the travel industry as a whole. Even suppliers, you know, they will benefit from what ASTA is trying to do, get more people to said destinations, said hotels. Um, I'm very thankful for ASTA for putting this out in the limelight again. Um, I think about a year ago, I was quoted in the industry piece that this, um, the new testing requirement to come back in was going to be the straw that breaks the camel's back in travel. Luckily, that didn't happen, but it has kept a lot of people uh, from traveling or uh, being scared, canceling their trips. Um, this is a major, major thing that needs to be pushed. Um, and it's awesome that we're seeing a ton of different organizations, the airlines trying to help boost their numbers and make it easier for people to get back into the United States. Um, and not to get too political on this because we are talking travel, which is, you know, a happy, a happy story. Um, wouldn't this be a great way for our government to help maybe incentivize 
people to get the vaccines and their boosters that we've been pushing. If we can have another, you know, uh, positive thing, you can come back into the country and not have to worry about. I feel like this is a better uh, carrot that you're dangling in front of uh, someone's face to get that that vaccine. No one wants to be stuck in Costa Rica when they're coming home from their all-inclusive trip. Even something like Mexico, where you don't have to pre-test to get to the destination, but when you come home, there is that traveler's worry that they're going to be stuck somewhere. Um, I know in previous shows, we've talked about some of the benefits that the hotels are giving the, the consumers and the travelers if they do test positive while traveling, but wouldn't it just be easier if we can waive that for vaccinated individuals? Um, it's nothing but positives. I really hope it comes, and I've been using this as a uh, a tool when I'm talking to some worried travelers. Hey, in the next coming months, keep an eye on the news. There's a lot of organizations pushing for this, and I'm already using this as a you know an, an, as a hopefulness that this is going to come uh, to fruition in the coming months. Yeah, and I think that's a smart move too. You know, you got to ease the minds of of worried travelers out there because there are some travelers that are worried out there. There are others out there who uh, don't care at all about anything going on, and they're just going to do what they want, uh, and they're obviously not going to go to places that have these certain restrictions in place because they don't abide by that. But, you know, you you pushed for exactly what Asta was saying as far as dangling that carrot, if you will, <laughs> uh, to use your phrasing there. But, um, yeah, that's what they had in their letter is, as it would further incentivize other people to get vaccinated uh, so they could do their travels. Although at this point, you know, if you're unvaccinated, it's probably not something. I mean, I, I, it's hard to, to know, you know, get in the mind of that particular person, I guess. And it's I don't know, man. It's it's something that this could incentivize, sure. But if someone is unvaccinated probably, right now, they're not they're probably not going to want to. Go ahead. That's what I'm gonna say. Their minds might be made up already, but um, I I just think if you want to if you want to go to Italy and and this requirement is still in place to come back home, it's one less thing that you have to worry about. Absolutely. And and maybe you know if if I'm going to Africa, you know it, it, there are certain parts of the country where I have to get vaccines to make sure I'm safe and we're not talking COVID. So like there are other destinations where vaccines are needed to get there to fight whatever flus, viruses may be in the destination. Um, I, I could see it working if, if our government came out and, and, and maybe helped, uh, you know, to push those numbers a little bit for the, the people that are immunized against it. Yeah. And that's the big question is, is the win, you know, and that we know that the mask mandate is in place until March. So I think that if this rule, you know, pre the inbound testing one is going to remain in place at least until springtime. And then from there, who knows, you know, mask mandate gets pushed back. And, you know, we know for sure that this this will most likely stay uh, stay a, a rule that you have to deal with. So we, we knew um, last week as well, the U.S. Travel Association issued their state of the travel industry address. And some of the top takeaways from that with the CEO, Roger Dow, um, in his final year, he said that business and international travel and from what they are seeing is not projected to reach 2019 levels until 2024. Uh, and they had a survey that showed that echoed kind of what you were saying, Ryan, that requirement for testing um, stops people from traveling internationally. So if you remove that, then you're going to get more people to uh, travel internationally. And they also had major studies that show air travel and meetings are safe. And Roger Dow, quote, said, you are safer going to a meeting than a local grocery store, which I would agree with as well, as I've been to a few conferences out there. Um, but yeah, U.S. travel also in that um, the big push they're doing right now, too, uh, to try to generate uh, recovery for the industry is they're doing a targeted temporary uh, pushing for excuse me pushing for a targeted temporary tax credits and re deductions to stimulate spending on business travel live entertainment and in-person events so ryan and the uh, travel tax credit has been talked about gosh for two years now so thoughts on this how likely uh beneficial you know, i'm curious what you think 
from an advisor? I think what, in my understanding, they're probably aiming to try to jumpstart maybe more U.S. foot traffic and air traffic around our country, especially with these in-person events we're talking about. I do agree with you. Some Whether you're in-person events versus the grocery store comment, you have to test to do most of these conferences and, and most of these organizers want to be safe. So I, I fully agree with that. The one thing about the tax credits, I feel like there's been multiple countries trying to uh, dangle this and come out that they're going to be giving these tax credits. Um, it'd be amazing if it happened. Uh, nobody wants to say no to a little bit of extra money coming in. I, I'm sort of, sort of still waiting on Japan. Like a year ago, Japan said, all of our incoming travelers, we're going to make it easier for you to change. So no, it's just Japanese citizens. And it was like, no, we don't want anybody traveling, period. So it's all smoke and mirrors until it actually happens. But I can only imagine how positive of an impact it would be if there is a tax credit and we can get people moving around our country a little bit more. Absolutely. Yeah. If it's whether it's, you know, a 500 or a thousand or, you know, you, you spend that and then you keep your records and then you come tax season, you, you put that back and you get it back and everything that there's a lot of talk about it, but whether it actually, because there has been so much talk for so long, I feel like, cause I've been covering this for a while. It, mm-hmm. I I don't think it's going to happen, unfortunately, I, but Hey, I, I would love to be wrong on that front, you know, but uh, things in the government, they take a while, as we have come to find out uh, over, especially over the last two years, but over over a while, too. So, But there, there is some positive news on the travel front um, and, and the spending side. Uh, World Travel and Tourism Council, they revealed that the tourism industry's contribution to the global economy could reach $8.6 trillion this year, which is just 6.4% behind the pre-pandemic levels, which is great. And uh, the WTTC actually came out with a new release today uh, um, about with data... Um, on the U.S. travel side of things, and they said domestic travel spending could reach 1.1 trillion in 2022, which is fantastic. You know, we're going to talk about the cost of travel um, a little bit later in the show, but you know, this is huge if 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 the, all these forecasts are right here because you have two thirds of pre-pandemic jobs that remain lost were in the travel industry. So you know, there's been a staffing issue, and the, the spending on travel will, will definitely help um, kind of get things going back in this. So that's that's the hope, you know. It's such a crazy world we live in right now. And here's one of my favorite stats that I, I learned a while back. Um, one in 10 jobs, it's estimated one in 10 jobs in our world, the entire globe, are in tourism. Um, when you think about it, that's not that crazy when you think of the transfer drivers, the hoteliers, the reservation services, travel agents, travel agent support staff, airline pilots. One in 10 are in tourism in one in, in some capacity. You mentioned that two thirds of pre-pandemic jobs are still uh, remaining to be filled, and as an advisor, we are f- feeling that. Um, what I don't envy are the cruise line operators and the cruise lines that are out there because of the up and down uh, news that have been coming out. We're ready to launch. We're ready to launch. All of a sudden, something happens, then people start canceling again. It's so hard for these companies to staff. Um, and to to have enough people ready on the phones, but also in cruise lines, in, uh, as a, an example, on the, the ships themselves, our resort partners, um, they've had to take their time into even rehiring the staff that works at the hotels. Um, good news is some destinations are raising their capacity limits. I think we're going to tackle that in a bit, like Mexico. Um, but staffing has been a really, a really tough issue in the travel industry. I will say over the past few weeks, I have seen plenty of travel industry professionals that I'm linked up, whether on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, any of those that are coming back, whether it's a new gig, a new company, a new role, 
Um, but they're all back in the game with maybe a slightly different field. It makes me happy because our industry has tons of qualified working professionals that have gone many parts of the last two years without a job, but it does seem positive. I do see a lot of movement out there. Um, people getting promotions, people changing their roles. Um, so it is exciting and I hope that that does continue. I, I really hope that that bounces back because the industry definitely needs it. And, you know, one, there's been a lot of fluctuation and a lot of stuff happening and we're seeing also with mergers too. And that kind of segues us over into our airline news uh, of the show here as the big news um, that dropped yesterday, Monday, Frontier Airlines announced that it would purchase Spirit Airlines as part of a $2.9 billion deal to create America's fifth largest car- carrier. The cash and stock deal is valued at $6.6 billion when accounting for the assumption of debt and other liabilities. But, you know, Ryan, this is huge news here in the aviation side of things. Both airlines, you know, they get mixed reviews a lot. So if you've flown on either, do your clients, do you send clients on those? Do they avoid them? Uh, one would think this merger would result in a better experience for the traveler, you know? I've definitely flown on, on both airlines. Um, and I would recommend it for a traveler that maybe wants to save a little bit of money upfront on just the ticket costs. Um, one thing I will advise is someone who is a travel agent and does price these things uh, very regularly. Both of those airlines, when you select the ticket, it's just the ticket. If you want to sit somewhere specific and sit next to your loved one or your friend, you have to pay for it. If you want to add your baggage, whether it's checked or carry on, you have to pay for it. It's a no frills uh, blank ticket purchase. A little piece of advice. If you are planning on adding seats, adding bags, do it at the time of purchase because it's cheaper. The very first time you're making that purchase. If you come back online the next day, it's going to be a little bit more expensive than it was the day prior. If you wait to do this all at the airport, I'm going to select my seats. I'm going to have my ticket printed at the airport. I'm going to check and pay my bags at the airport. It's even more expensive than if you did it online. So if you are going to go this route, make sure that you realize what you're getting. Again, no frills. You have to add everything and probably, you know, I would say prepay it. Um, For me personally, I've flown both these airlines. Uh, I'm from Pennsylvania and it's a two hour flight down to Florida. Um, that's like a bus ride for, you know, for me to get to New York city or, or, you know, a a nearby city. So two hours to hop on a flight to get, uh, somewhere at $17 one way, which I literally, I think I just did that three months ago in spirit. Uh, that can't be beat. Um, if you are familiar with flying United Delta American, any of the other airlines, some of the differences you might see smaller seat sizes, less leg room. Uh, the tray table is about the size of your cell phone rather than maybe having <laughs> an, entire, tiny, right? yeah. uh, an entire table, which I, I think you and I joked about previously. Also, no entertainment is probably going to be on board. So again, the no frills, but there is a person and a traveler that would love to, to fly these airlines. I've done it before, like I mentioned, and this can only be good news, better service. Uh, maybe they can combine their combine their reservation staff centers to help alleviate phone times. One other thing to think about when mergers happen, they usually can dabble from each other's technology. Both of their websites are a little antiquated and some of them have better perks than uh, than the other. Maybe this will help them combine some of the things that Frontier does better online and then maybe pull from some of the things that Spirit does better and make an overall better booking experience by having all that technology at their fingertips. Oh, that's a, that's a good look at it. Yeah, I hadn't really thought too much on on that front. But uh, you mentioned the entertainment not being on board. You uh, you're not going to be able to watch a movie, you know, on your seat back screen or whatever. But uh, you might have some entertainment in some of the other passengers doing yeah, crazy yeah. stuff. So <laughs> there might be entertainment in that level. But you know, low fares, yeah, they're nice. Uh, but 
I think both of them got to get better on customer service because that's kind of the wrap that they have. And, and they are working towards that. I've flown on both and I've had exact, you know, totally fine experiences. I, I will say that I did have a spirit flight canceled on me one time and kind of, I wouldn't say left high and dry, but it was an unfortunate situation. Flight was canceled. You had to, you know, it, if you, chances are you might run, you've been through that if you've had to, if you've had to fly either one of those, uh, or if you've had about spirit, excuse me, I haven't had, haven't heard too much about cancellations on Frontier, but uh, they they are saying that you know this is going to be low cost fares, uh, more low cost fares for travelers um, to destinations in the U.S., Latin America, and the Caribbean. Um, they also are anticipating one point or one billion dollars in annual consumer savings and a massive expansion with more than three hundred and fifty aircraft on order. So it'll be interesting to see in the next like five years where they go from this. Are we going to lose all of our yellow? spirit buses out there or are they gonna not gonna hang around since it is frontier purchasing spirit so certainly a lot to uh to find out you know what what's gonna happen on that front and it'll be interesting but um yeah other airline news out there we've got southwest airlines this is the latest to bring back alcohol sales in flight and uh, booze on planes and airports we had a uh, our columnist on the airlines uh, rich tomaselli he penned a column saying that he thinks um, booze should be banned on airplanes and in airports. I thought that's a little extreme, but you know, really? he, had, he had his opinion on it and it resulted in a lot of feedback on our Facebook comments and a lot of people disagreeing with them. Some people saying it should just be limited. I think airports should still be able to sell it. I do love, even though it's way overpriced, I do love airport beer. Not going to lie. Draft beer in the airport right before I jump on a plane. It's, it's nice. You know, I like that experience. I'm not going to be one that's going to, you know, pound 17 beers before I get on the, the plane or anything. And, you know, there are people out there who, have an issue with their alcohol before they board planes and then cause scenes and that's happening. But I don't know that if you outright ban it, it will change stuff, you know, cause there are people out there who don't drink at all and they still cause scenes on planes. So I don't think it should be outright banned, but maybe limited a little bit in the situation that we're still in at the moment uh, with these, all these naughty passengers out there. What do you think? I think it's, I think it's a joke if we're going to tell an airline a way that they can't make money, a company anywhere that they can't make money doing something. I just think that's wrong. Um, let the airlines make their money off the alcohol. Let the people, let the travelers numb themselves from a potential, you know, fear of flying yeah. or help, help cut down the time. I, I remember I flew to Thailand from, from Newark once uh, overnight and Ooh. I, I had a beer or two before the flight and it helped me sleep. Like yeah. I, I would recommend that to anybody is to have a drink to help wind you down, maybe calm your nerves. Yeah. Um, and that's what we saw a lot of them on the Facebook comments too. people chiming yeah. in on that. They, they absolutely need that. And, and I, and I get that. Yeah. I just, I don't know about, yeah, I think they could just got to be cautious about how much you're, you're serving. And then I don't know how much that thought process is going through and, you know, on, on the flights, uh, maybe more so now since they were banned for a while and now that they're bringing them back, maybe they'll be a little more cautious about that as far as in-flight stuff. But yeah, at the airport, it, you know, the, those restaurants want to make their money. They they haven't yeah. had a lot of business lately. So I, I get that for sure. It's, I think, I think it's silly, but ho hopefully again, hopefully every, all these airlines are going to start bringing it back. It's a more relaxed time to travel soon, soon come, soon come. Yes, and segueing over to destination news, uh, France did announce recently that they're going to drop COVID testing for vaccinated international travelers. So if you're looking for updated country-by-country -country guide for Europe's travel restrictions and entry requirements, head over to travelpulse.com for the latest on that. We have a country-by-country -country guide, as I said. Also, dropped last week, Berkshire Hathaway Travel Protection released their report on the world's safest countries and cities for 2022 travel based on evaluating such as uh, safety concerns as terrorism threats, weather impacts, health measures, and the safety of women and minorities, and of course now the pandemic. 
And I'll just issue the top five here. They did top 10 for everyone, so you can check it out on the on travelpulse.com if you'd like. But just the top five, we've got uh, top five countries, Iceland, New Zealand, Canada, Sweden, and Japan. And then the top five cities is Montreal, Amsterdam, Tokyo, Singapore, and Sydney. First thoughts on this list, Ryan? Uh, those are all the countries that have been really, really, really safe over the last couple of years, huh? Yeah. Um, in terms of controlling their citizens perhaps or controlling the the people that are coming in and out. So that totally makes sense that those would be deemed the, the safest destinations. They haven't had a whole lot of travel and they've really, uh, they were offensive in terms of COVID. So that doesn't surprise me whatsoever, but what makes me happy are that some of these destinations, these safe destinations are hopefully um, setting up their opening, their opening plans. I think I saw today, Australia, is opening up top for Americans. Yeah, that is another big news on the uh, opening front, which we love to see uh, about that. So, uh, do you does the word safety come up a lot with clients over the last two years now, compared to like pre-pandemic times, or do you, do you ever steer clients away from places, or find yourself steering clients to destinations that are deemed more safe now, or how's that working? I think travel advisors will tell you that they probably talk safety every day with one uh, one consumer or another. Uh, it's, it's the big topic, but I don't think this is any different than years past. Um, travel is one of those industries that seems to have a major event once a year. Um, I'm looking at the since debunked Zika virus and tainted alcohol uh, oh in Dominican Republic and Mexico. Uh, it seems like each year there, there's different things that come out and right. most of the time they're, they're overblown. Um, which is what we I, thought COVID would be in, you know, March yeah. of 2020. And we thought, all right, yeah, sure. By like October, we'll be all right, you know, or, or something. But no, so this is a different no. sort of different sort of safety talk. But I still look at it the same way as I, I approached it back then. Uh, we don't send we don't send people to destinations that we would deem unsafe or something that we wouldn't do ourselves. Um, I. I don't want to put someone in a bad situation where they get caught up in, in, in who knows what. Um, and that goes to our resorts too, not just as a country. If there's one hotel that people feel safer, it looks safer. The staff is friendlier and more attentive versus one that might be a little beat up or something. We're going to push it to the ones that people like the destinations and the hotels we sell. We recommend them for a reason. And like I said, I wouldn't send someone somewhere that I don't feel safe myself going. Um, but I will tell you, if you go looking for trouble, you're going to find it. That's It's no different than, than yeah. being back home. I mentioned earlier, I'm from Pennsylvania. I'm about an hour-ish from Philly, an hour-ish from New York City, an hour-ish from Newark, New Jersey. Those aren't safe cities. Like <laughs> I have to, I have to talk about this with with some of my travelers, comparing the crime in Philadelphia and how much worse it is to be where I live versus going somewhere like Cancun. Um, and I use that example a lot. Or I'll talk about Chicago. If there's a shooting in Chicago, should I be afraid to go to Atlanta, Georgia? No, there's distance, there's geography. So you, you just got to put it into the client's perspective, maybe show them something they're a little bit more accustomed to, or bust out that stat that you dropped earlier, that it's probably safer to go to some in-person events than the, even the grocery store, because you know what you're getting into ahead of time. Absolutely. Yeah. And Cancun gets a lot of rap, you know, Mexico and they, they Cancun did just drop their uh, COVID alert level. 
um, which will result in higher capacities at hotels and restaurants and things like that. And we're also seeing Cancun is beefing up security on the beaches. We have police patrolling in the hotel zone on the beaches, little ATVs and everything. So, you know, they're working towards their uh, uh, safety approach and trying to, uh, they've had some incidences, obviously, in the last uh, six months or so. But, uh, you know, like you said, there, there's shootings everywhere. There's bad there's bad stuff everywhere. You just can't can't focus and, and make that the focal point, you know? Right. Oh. I, I, I think this is my my re- reoccurring theme. Why uh, why live the rest of our life being afraid anymore? You know, it's th- things can happen anywhere. So I, I'm going to go have some fun and, and see all the beautiful places this world has to offer. Yes, I'm wholeheartedly with you there. So that pretty much wraps up what is trending in travel. There was a lot of stuff and we, we went long on some things. So um, any additional thoughts, you can drop me an uh, email podcast at travelpulse.com. So we're going to dive now into, you know, you want to see the world and you love it, but can you afford it? So um, Ryan, is travel becoming more expensive? How, how do things compare now to pre-pandemic levels? Yes, it's more expensive. And I think that anybody could have foreseen this this occurring um when you go any amount of time without being able to uh attract the level of of sales that you are accustomed to um or you're operating at a capacity so you can only sell 60 percent of your allotment out of your 100 percent room availability um at some point prices are going to have to go back up and i think that's not just travel this is also your grocery store your gas Um, and anything in this country seems like it's a little bit more expensive, but what's jumping out to me, um, as we get closer and closer to last minute deals, I feel like those are less and less to be found. Um, in, in prior years, you might've been able to hop on any website and price something out for yourself for a couple of weeks from now. And there's hotels doing crash sales or something there. Oh, I have a couple of rooms left. Then maybe this, uh, this will be on sale. And then the airline is offering a reduced rate. Flight tickets are not, they don't seem to be getting uh, cheaper as you get closer to your travel dates. And uh, for the first time in a while, I, I would always recommend booking way far out in advance. Um, and then as you keep cre- creeping to your planned travel dates, I just see prices going up. Um, with that being said, as things get back to more normal each day and uh, each day, it, it, it could change back at, at any second. But as long as people are willing to pay these higher prices, again, because of maybe it's capacity reasons, maybe they just really want to get away and they, they have a little bit of extra coin saved up and it's the time, then nothing's really going to happen in, in, in terms of lowering these prices down. These companies need to make their money back after everything that they lost. They need to rehire some staff. So maybe this is a way to help uh, you know build, build that back up. But prices are definitely more expensive. And if you are planning a trip, I would suggest earlier rather than later. So if, if the price does lower, you can probably get a price match on your existing package with your travel advisor. And that's the key. Yeah. Working with someone who can have your back like that and find you deals and, you know, be able to do a lot of the stuff for you. You know, you mean it's pricing tickets wise, you know, airfare, hotels, a lot of that's increasing for, you know, everything you said there has been really on point of what we've seen so much, you know, just, just kind of start the beginning of the year here. And, you know, how is that going to progress as the year goes on? Is it going to keep rising, keep rising, keep rising? You know, there's a lot of uh, unfortunate aspect of this and where we're at in society, I guess, if you will, because inflation, you know, is inevitable with everything that has happened over the last two years. So there's that. And then, but you still want to travel and then there's all that pent up demand there. So it's, you know, it's kind of butting heads a little bit with that, but I don't think that that should steer people away from traveling. And I think it's key what you said is, you know, 
plan in advance. Start it early. If you know that you want to go somewhere this Christmas, hey, it's February 8th, you know, why not start looking, you know? Yeah. And if you, if you, and for Christmas, uh, as your example, if you wait until September, October, which a lot of people do, it's going to be absurd. It, the, the pricing is going to be absurd. So start your plannings early. Um, work work with a travel with a travel advisor that can help you know find you that lowest price. And if you think you found something that is better than maybe that you've been sent or compared, you know just just tell your advisor what you're what you're working on. We can double check the the flights for you. Make sure it's an airline. Uh, just yesterday, I had someone telling me that they found a better price, but didn't realize it spent seven hours on a layover instead of the nonstop flight that I had sent them. So, have an open dialogue with whoever's helping you plan. Um, in most cases, if you have an accurate screenshot of what you're pricing and all the things compare, we have companies that will match it. Price match. Price beat. So open up that dialogue with your advisor, talk it through and find something that works for you. Yeah, I think that's great. Being being honest and upfront with this is my budget, what can we do? And then going from there. So how else do you think, you know, in addition to using an advisor, which is great advice, what are some other ways that travelers can find deals or, or get the best savings? If you're thinking about flights, um, say you lock in a hotel, but you are, you know, maybe adding your airfare later, there are definitely some websites out there that will track your flights. Uh, I like kayak.com, K-A-Y-A-K. Uh, you've probably seen it on commercials. I think Hopper, another uh, very popular in social media, um, they they track flights for you. So, you know, you load in what city you're coming from, what dates, and if there's a price drop, it'll send it to you. Um, if you are in your budget to uh, able to book air and hotel at the time of purchase, I will always suggest trying to package some things because typically when you start piecing components together, hotel, transportation service in the destination and your flights, if you build all those together, they usually discount each other. Um, and it's just, it's just automatic. Like a, a percentage comes off. So if you have it in your budget to purchase your flights at the time of deposit, I will always suggest depositing and then just keep an eye on it because uh, many of the tour operator partners I book my trips through, they, they come out with, certain holiday sales, holiday promotions. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if some sort of early spring uh, promotion comes up soon in the next couple of weeks. If it's accurate and it's applicable and, and the hotel you're going to is available as if uh, you're looking at a new trip, if you can physically reprice it and that price is lower, um, again, you, you we want to get that price match honored for you if that hotel cost came down. So book early, try to package some things, and then, you know, just shoot your advisor a note every once in a while to see how things are looking. If, uh, if you want someone to double check the race for you and see, see what may have, uh, what may have price dropped. Yeah. All, all great tips there. If you are looking for cheap flights, my, my advice has always been just be flexible. If you really want to save money and you're worried about cost, be yeah. flexible, you know, avoid the peak times, book well in advance. So, you know, if you are sticking to the peak times of the summertime or the holidays, because there are families out there who can, don't travel until it is, you know, their kids are out of school or it's a package around a holiday because that's how that works for their work schedule. I totally get that. So that's where you got to book in advance and, you know, work with that travel advisor. So are you seeing any popular destinations that are, are more expensive now than ever before? Or are there some that you're finding uh, are offering better deals? 
The, the ones that I've been working a lot are your typical Caribbean or, uh, you know, Mexico all-inclusive related vacation. That's typically what I, I price a lot of. Um, Dominican Republic hotels seem to be very, very, very inexpensive, which is typical. Uh, it's, that's not super out of the ordinary, but the hotel costs doesn't seem to have changed. Flight costs to get to the Dominican Republic seems way up way up um so it's, it's kind of like bittersweet there turks and caicos they've had really inexpensive flights recently sometimes but the hotels seem to be inadvertently a little higher um uh, just listening to some of my teammates and some other colleagues in the industry it seems like flights to europe um right now are still pretty pretty attainable um if you're thinking about a european trip uh i would probably recommend jumping on your flights because as soon as that gets easier for people to come and go out of the country you can only expect the airlines to raise their prices now that people can start buying it so if you're thinking europe italy france uh you mentioned france just made it easier for vaccinated citizens um if you're thinking some of these destinations maybe lock in your airfare at this time because uh it's my gut's telling me that as more travelers are getting ready to book those flight prices will go back up Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. Europe is going to skyrocket in price later on this year. So if you're now's a good time to go, if you can afford it, if you're got some plan, you know, spring break openings, you know, trip, you want to think about Europe, you, you really should. So yeah, I, you know, it's interesting with Asia because they haven't really opened up too much and they're slowly, but mm-hmm. surely getting there. Obviously Thailand is, um, they're more open than, than it, pretty much anywhere else in, in Asia, but I know a lot of people really want to get back to Japan. Um, they missed out, you know, on the Olympic stuff with the summer Olympics there. And then China's got the winter Olympics right now, but you know, it can really go to, but go you know, to. so it'll be interesting to see what kind of pricing they start out with once they do really start opening up more there. And you might see more people opt over on that because I do think Europe is going to get more pricey and, you know, the Caribbean, I think they've always got their deals, you know, it's yeah. going to, it's going to vary be- between your flight versus your hotel. Kind of, there's that catch 22 of what you were saying there of, you know, you know, some of, some of it's up, but you know, the flight's up, but you know, the hotels are down and vice versa on depending on where you're going. So I think we're going to see a lot of that continue for those destinations, but yeah, Europe, it's uh now's the time to go in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. And you know, de- these destinations, they, they are up and down in terms of prices, uh, the all-inclusive destinations. Uh, I've always, always have been a huge fan of Mexico. So there are deals to be had in Mexico, Jamaica, St. Lucia. Um, you just got to look for it and make sure that the, that it works with your schedule and we can find some appropriate flights, but there, there are deals out there, um, you know, depending on where you want to leave from. Yeah. So last question here, Ryan advice for fellow travel advisors out there listening right now, when it comes to deals slash communicating with their clients about cost of travel right now. Just, just keep it up front. Um, what, what are you seeing? What's, what's the, what's the promotion that's going on with it? I feel like most of our resort partners are still advertising something special to, to book to their hotel, whether it's a, a resort credit, um, an excursion credit, things like that. Um, make sure you're looking at which hotels are giving complimentary COVID tests. Uh, I know we talked about how, uh, that might not be mandatory for us citizens to take a COVID test. If you're vaccinated, hopefully that comes to fruition soon, but know which hotels are giving out the COVID test at, at the property. So your travelers don't have to leave, uh, the hotel and go somewhere. Know which ones are giving it for free. Um, there are still hotels like Sanders and beaches, uh, that are giving your COVID test for free. Know which properties that you're selling that will give a quarantine say if someone tests positive while they're away. There are hotels that will charge you the live rack rate if 
you test positive for how long you have to stay at that property. And then all the way on the opposite spectrum, there are hotels that will give it for free for however long you need to be at that hotel with your quarantine. So know which hotels are, are offering what. Um, and, and this is, you know, any veteran advisor might know this, but I tend to look for deals based off the flights. Flights is usually where I start for. If I uh, found a great option on United, I'm definitely going to make sure I look at United Vacations to price out what I think the best airfare is. If my best flight is on Delta, I'm going to make sure I go to Delta Vacations and take a look at, at that tour operator as well. You would think that that airline would have their best deal when picking their ticket. And in most cases that happens, but um, compare all your tour operators, make sure you're offering the best price because the last thing you want to do is look at one website that you're then going to quote to your client and then they can come back um, with an Expedia a price line and, and beat the package that you're, you're spending. So uh, that, that, that you're quoting. So do, do your homework, check your partners, make sure you know which tour operators you're looking at. All fantastic advice, Ryan. I really appreciate you jumping on the show today and talking all things trending travel, which is a lot. It's uh, picking up, man. It's uh, the more news that we got going makes this show even longer, which is fun. You know, it's it's fun talking about travel and then great insight as well on the cost of travel and finding deals and saving ways, uh, saving saving cash. You know, everybody everybody wants that out there, right? So I appreciate it, man. Hey, happy to happy to be here as always. I look forward to our next time uh, connecting. If uh, any travel agents or consumers out there alike want to link up on Instagram, my Instagram handle is Ryan's with an S on the road, Ryan's on the road, uh, or shoot me an email, Ryan at vacations, again with an S, Ryan at vacations by VIP.com. Uh, I love working with uh, travel professionals and consumers alike. So uh, please link up if you ever have any questions or if you just want to keep an eye on my travels, where I'm going, what, what sort of cool destinations or hotels I'm visiting. Uh, you know, I, lo I love sharing travel with anybody. Absolutely, man. Follow that guy on Instagram too. You might see some of his uh, pretty cool jump shots. I'll say that he's, he's got <laughs> he's got the good hoop skills there. So yeah, if you're hoping for only travel, maybe you don't follow me on Instagram. But if you like watching uh, your travel advisors that that can play some sports, I guess like I have some uh, some content for you too. <laughs> there we go. I'm gonna have to face Ryan in one on one in hoops one of these one day, days. Maybe so, one day. Yeah, he's got the height on me, but you know what? I uh, I don't have the speed, so we'll we'll have you're to make up for that. And uh, <laughs> exactly, yes, I will rebound like no other. And um, I got a pretty good three-pointer but you know we're that's we'll, we'll talk sports another time so thanks again for joining the show ryan uh thank you everyone for listening that wraps up the show here podcast at travelpulse.com shoot me an email let me know your thoughts and um that's it man have a great week <laughs>